This is Frank Skinner um, on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. I forgot how to do it. I forgot <laughs> how to do it. Uh, you can um, text the show on 812.15, follow the show mm-hmm. on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Um, Good to have you back. Oh, it's lovely. That, that sounded slick then, that second part. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I think I got into it now. I just <laughs> yeah, needed a ram, pal. We're getting a lot of lovely gifts being sent to us. Things like cheering babies, excited Hollywood women saying, yes, he's back. Yes, I've been Mm. off for two weeks because they wouldn't let me show the picture of um, the Tipton Slashes monkey. (laughs) Yeah. I um, I chained myself to the railings. It to be something else, but it was yeah. that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was that. <laughs> I chained myself to the railings outside Absolute. <laughs> we can I just say I've heard little else, but showed me. Do you know little else? She used to be one of our Nora's mates when she was in hairdressing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All I've heard, show me the monkey. Never mind that, where's the monkey? Yeah, well, it's quite, I agree. I'm with the monkey. I've been tempted to directly send it to a few people that have asked me because you made the mistake of sending it to me. Well, that's because I I trusted you, Al. I trusted you. I haven't, I haven't. I've been tempted, I'm just telling you. I went home and, and that day... This was we discussed the monkey three, but this is the thing. I saw a stuffed monkey oh, at the Black Country Living God. Museum, which belonged to the famous Black Country boxer, the Tipton Slasher. Anyway, that's the story in brief. <laughs> and when I got home, Kat said, "Oh, I thought that was really frustrating not show, not putting the the, <laughs> the monkey on um, social media. I thought that was really unfair. People would just you know be annoyed by that." She said, "What? Well, let's have a look at it." And I showed. She said, "Oh God, you can't put that on social media." <laughs> Right. So, you know, it's, it's, split, people. it's split opinions, certainly. Well, I didn't split my opinion. It's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Surely not. Okay. I knew I would like you. It's a man's just... image. <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> yes, yeah, certainly. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway, look, um, so much of you know, so much has happened. Yeah. Um, I um, I tell you what I did. Mm. I met. Um, I actually had the COVID. So, I mean, I'm happy to be upfront about mm. that. Mm. I had the COVID, and it yeah. was. Uh, I tell you what was annoying about it is it didn't affect my appetite. Uh. Oh, really. I find as I get older, what gets me through illness is knowing that I'm not eating and thinking, oh, well, I'm losing a bit of belly on this at least. I always think they should make up a sick bed, which is on enormous scales where you sleep in the bowl of it. (laughs) And as you lie there, you watch the the, the, the dial steadily go down and think, well, I feel terrible, but hey. Yeah. Yeah, when I come out of this, it's going to be like I've been... uh, preparing for a Hollywood movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there was that. I'd, one other thing as well, which I'd like to... Uh, I don't want to go on about, because uh, I know it's, there's a lot of it about. But um, when I drank tea, mm. it tasted like... Now, this is something... It reminded me of something I hadn't even thought about for 30 years. Oh, there we go. When we was kids, there was a thing where you used to put your tongue on a battery... Mm. Oh. used to put your tongue on the end of a battery and you'd get a sort of an acidic little electric shock. Do you remember this, Al? Oh, yeah. We made our own entertainment in uh, I like, I like the fact that you knew to go to Al right? I thought I'd me. go northern. <laughs> <laughs> um, I couldn't, I couldn't. I think you'd have had a Van de Graaff generator <laughs> for Christmas to do it with. Yes, the metallics, that's very much a part of this, apparently. But there's it? something about the, the tongue on the battery. I, I'm not saying if uh, if you've got battery. I don't think it works with your standard battery. I don't quite remember the details of it. Mm. It was quite an exciting thing that I'm advising people not to do. Yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> no, I mean, then it's not the sort of thing they would have done on Blue Peter. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right, let's lick the battery, lads. Whee! All the all the pets, give them a bit of space. <laughs> pets can smell the acid in the air. You know what they're like, pets. Frank Skinner. 
Oh, I um, I tell you what, uh, did you um, did you see the John Lewis news? Oh, oh yes, John thought Lewis. Of you. I saw this and thought of you. Yeah, <laughs> it's dropped. They've dropped never knowingly on the soul. I'm, I was astonished. Well, can I just say mm-hmm. we've had a missive about this? May I oh, share that? Okay. This is while you were away. Joe McLaren got in touch. Hello, Frank, Emily and Alan. I believe the team were recently pondering the meaning and relevance of John Lewis's never-knowingly-undersold promise, especially in the age of internet shopping. Once again, Mm -hmm. Frank's criticism has been heeded, and like Andrew Lloyd Webber before them, John Lewis have taken the hint. They've just emailed me to say that the promise is being retired. They didn't mention Frank et al. in the missive, but I don't think it can be a coincidence. No, I, I agree no. with that. I, <laughs> I don't really. Yeah. But I never really, really... I don't think we ever got to the bottom of what it really meant, did we? And I think that's very well, good. If you have an offer where people can come to you and say, I saw this cheaper, give me a refund, I think it's good to have a slogan that's incomprehensible. <laughs> Because you could always claim you had the offer, but no one knew what it meant. <laughs> it should be oversold, shouldn't it? Also, undersold, as you say, it's not a phrase that's no. used. No, it's a bit, not common. It's a bit, bit undersold. <laughs> I suppose I can imagine mm. it being a stand-up comedy term. Could you, Al? If someone wasn't giving it enough on stage, yeah, it was a bit. Yeah. Well, I wasn't... Alan Cochran never, never knowingly overpowered. That's my um. But you, I, yeah. I would say Alan Cochran. <laughs> I haven't seen you for a while, but I would say you could be a man who, who may be undersold a bit because it's a lot of it you sort of throw away a bit. Do you know what I mean? Right, Whereas there yeah, are people yeah. who really give it you in twenty foot letters that they're they're performing. And I think yeah. you'll find what do they do? They upsell. I learnt that from George Lamb. Mm-hmm. Huh? Thank Did you. you. I was in a restaurant with him, and he said to the waiter, "You're upselling this." Quite a lot. That's um, to know what. And I thought, mm. do you know what? I thought that's so sophisticated and chic. He understands the restaurant trade. I went out with a Swiss German woman, and she used to come home from uh, Switzerland with a thing called Uppensala, which was the smelliest cheese I've ever smelt in my life. Oh, and the fridge, it would go in the fridge. And then when she ate it, she ate it with balsamic vinegar <laughs> just because it wasn't quite <laughs> terrified enough. <laughs> And I wonder if that was Swiss German for upsale. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Seems unlikely. So anyway, whenever John Lewis is mentioned, I always think of a mate saying to me that I was a very lucky bloke. This was back before I had my major strokes of career luck. And mm-hmm. um, he always used to say, if you dropped off John Lewis's roof, you'd land in a new suit. That was the thing. Oh. And... Uh, I thought of that the other day when I met my new neighbour, because I think my lot might have changed. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, I met my new neighbour, and she seemed very nice, and I said hello, and I was very, I'm very keen to be a good neighbour. We live in a good neighbour kind of a street. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I introduced myself and, and all that, and she said, oh, great. She said, well, at some point we're going to have to talk about your bins. <gasps> and, oh, um, dear. She didn't I feel mean, absolutely ill. And I said, uh, then she said, but you know, let's not talk about that now, blah, blah. And I said, hold on, hold on. What, I don't get it. What, what about the bins? And she said, well, that you've got too many bins. She said, and I think, you know, the, the way in our house looks, the exterior of, of a house looks is really important. Has she seen inside? Which I think, well, no, if she saw inside, I think she'd move back out again. Um, David Baddiel came round the other day and said to me, as he always says, Frank, why do you live like this? <laughs> no, what he also said once, which I like, Frank, was, is this always going to be like yeah, this? this is, he said, um, he, he even looked at my garden and said, is that the garden of a millionaire comedian? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was... Um, it was very... Anyway, so that was the, uh, that was the first meeting... And I said, um, I said, well, this is the worst possible beginning. <laughs> um, Did you actually say that to her? Well, it, I mean, it was the worst possible I beginning. I know, but you don't say... I don't even know what it meant. It was sort of avant-garde complaining. What do you mean I've got too many... What does it even mean? 
Um, it no. was like that bit in Amadeus when the prince says, there are too many notes. Modes. I believe, uh, Master Salieri, I'm right that the human ear can only uh, experience so many... Yes, yes, Your Majesty. Too many bins, Mozart. <laughs> I believe the human eye could only experience so many bins. It was all a bit like... It was the strangest, um, um, most... Probably one of the most upsetting things that's happened to me in 2022. 20, Yeah, I was. We were talking about uh, my uh, dirty old house in uh, during the music. Mm. I said to David Badil, I said I am. I do realise that I shut a couple of doors when you come round. That I, things I I don't want you to. So I have some shame about it about the house being such a mess. I don't think you should feel shame. Is that what we're referring to? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think we're too, a little bit too obsessed with this idea of the pristine house. I think one of the reasons we got a dog is some sort of justification for having a house that's higgled eye piggled eye, as Marky right. Smith would say. <laughs> Simon from um, Sudbury has texted, oh, yeah. hi, Frank, hi, Frank, how many bins have you got? Is it some weird fetish? That no, is no. a good question. I, look, I haven't talking? A, I've just been, they've been left by the council. I didn't, I didn't phone up for them. I've got one general waste... Mm. Two garden waste, three recycling. That is quite a lot. Is it? Mm. Oh, you start. Well, how many is that, six? I I thought you were going to refuse to answer. (laughs) That really is good. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's good. I thought it was a bit rubbish, actually. We'll do this all day. We can all relax now. We've all contributed. (laughs) We've all got a marshmallow on the fire. Can I ask you something? I will. Go on, do it. What on earth? It's going to happen with this neighbour now. How I oh, want yeah. to know what happened because well, when she we hasn't last moved in it, yet. She only came over, I think, to complain about the bins. Well, she hasn't moved in yet. Oh. No. I think we know she's not going to now. Well, I'm still that keeping an open mind. I really like the idea of us um, drinking uh, Coca-Cola bin juice in the in the in the garden <laughs> and saying, "God, do you remember that time when you?" Uh, you made that complaint about the bins and she said, yeah, well, I've been working in the theatre of the absurd a lot. And the idea is oh, that you put the audience on the back foot so they don't know quite what's happening. And I thought I'd begin my, my reign here like that. But I realised, no, I know what a great guy you are. There was no need for those tactics. More coke? Mm-hmm. No, no, it's, I, I'm fine. I find it makes me a bit zingy. Mm-hmm. And that's how I see it going. What was the atmosphere? Consequently, it could also be no communication <laughs> whatsoever, ever. I've had that with mm. a neighbour. Yeah, so I know. And you know what? I was good with it. Yeah, I can live with it, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of friendliness. Mm. It's mm. quite a low wall between us. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's not. You know, it's not like um, an, an encampment wall. It's uh, it's one that you could lean on and talk across. When you said um, this, did you say something like, "Can you remind us again? This is the worst." Because this is the worst possible <laughs> beginning. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. What, what was the response to that? Um, I think it was some some set nod of agreement. <laughs> I think we both knew it was um, yeah that we'd we we'd gone dark early on. <laughs> you know, as, as lots of theatre directors say, leave yourself somewhere to go. Don't come on. <laughs> so you know, you've that, gone the full Brian Blessing. Yeah, it was. You know, you know how when you go on stage and the first line's an absolute killer and then you can't pack, you can't back it up. It's a bit like it's oh, a bit yeah. like that. You get, yeah, there was no ramp, no ramp at all this time. <laughs> we'll see. I'll keep you posted. Anyway. <laughs> Hopkins has been in touch. Hopkins. Hopkins, this is monkey related, just a heads up okay. here. Uh oh. As is most of our correspondence um, <laughs> okay. until the end of time. Lovely to have Frank back on the show. However, 
I've been obsessed about this monkey photo <laughs> for the last two weeks. And I think Frank should consider some sort of paywall for interested parties. <laughs> Maybe he could meet readers around the back of the studio for a glimpse. There could be some sort of... Uh, there's probably a simian charity, isn't there, for, uh, for misused apes and and things mm-hmm. that we could give the money to. Well, there might be. I suspect it's not called that. <laughs> the charity for simian misused apes. <laughs> yeah. Am I the M.A.? What's the word of the M.A.? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, in my will, that's who I'm going to leave my money to. Uh, to the misuse. The charity for misused apes. And everyone will be saying, what's this? <laughs> oh, dear. I do get misused. There's no, there's no question about that. Mm. That's true. Uh, no, uh, at um, Monkey World in uh, Wall in Dorset, they have uh, they have misused apes. There have been. Uh, oh, Yes, it's 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 lovely to see them uh, coming out of themselves, but uh, yeah, God bless them um, for saving Six one eight, six one eight has a suggestion for you, Frank. Um, morning, Frank. Get more bins before she moves in, <laughs> or even better, steal her bins. I think that's escalating the situation. That's yeah, already quite tense. I think you're right. I think diplomacy <laughs> may be the strategy that you both need to adopt now because wow. I, I told another neighbour about what had happened <laughs> who are you, Hilda Ogden and, um, gossiping about the neighbours she sent me an email of bins that had been um, dressed up as Daleks <laughs> that someone had done and said why, why don't you do this um, so yeah I think people are putting fuel on the fire Locally, yeah. Mm. You don't want to move into a new street and already be a laughing stock. No, no. I really, I, I, I want, I want to be a good neighbour. I like being a good neighbour. I, I think it can be resolved. Mm, I of think course. It was absolutely. In fairness, you know, I think it was okay for her to raise it. You're a straight shooter. Come on. But I think mm. timing is everything, as you boys will mm. know. She was a little premature. Wait till you've moved in. I I agree that if it's on her mind, but I would say if you'd given me a thousand guesses of what the complaint was going to be, I wouldn't have got that. Mm. And uh, it was was left field. Mm. But, you know, people are... I just think that's my house that the bins are next to. Gosh. Uh, So that's all. But, you know, I'm hoping it can be... uh, I'm hoping it's not the end. Well, I, I don't blame the lady. I think there's a it's a general low tolerance for... I also think when you arrive somewhere, you want to start with a bit of a, you know, to show you're not going to be uh, pushed around. with unlike yeah. the bins. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes I push them, sometimes I pull them. I can never make my mind up. I like the <laughs> idea of the doll. That's a good idea. What about... Or... A nice, um, we could go Davros. Yeah, that would be, um... Just dress half the bin. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, but if someone looks out the window and says Davros, I mean, that's going to terrify someone if they're not familiar with the oeuvre. <laughs> that would, uh... I do use an oeuvre out there because it gets quite messy. Nice. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean... Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. We've had a somewhat snarky suggestion for you um, from Ian Angle, who has said, um, Frank, uh, Angel, actually, uh, Frank, when you have your Coca-Cola binges, this is with your neighbour who complained about your bins, uh, you'll have to ask her if you can put the empty cans in her recycling, (laughs) as you seem to have got rid of all your bins. That's... I think that is snarky again. That, it's more it, escalation. That, what that is doing, that's digging up the body and beating it up and putting it back in the ground <laughs> yeah. again. I mean, you can't. It's not unjustified. Zero seven eight is getting involved as well. My wife wonders why you have two garden bins as you apparently never do any gardening. How do they? <laughs> no, but that's the from gar- David Bedell. The gardener comes twice. <laughs> we got a gardener that comes twice a year, so that's his autumn bin and his spring bin. Twice oh, a see. year, obviously. Look, I didn't ask. The council just gave me these. They obviously look. They do a summary. They look at the house and think, God, they, mu- they must have plenty of rubbish. Yeah, but I mean, mm. if the council dumped a load of manure outside your house, surely you'd question it and say, well, excuse me, I didn't ask for this. Mm. Well, I, I don't I, know I, if you I, would, actually. I think me and Kath would <laughs> talk about fouling up. 
I can get my PA to ask them about it. Well, Debbie Harrison says, on the day I moved into my new house, the neighbour came around and asked me to move my bins from my drive to the back of my house as he didn't like seeing them from the window. I'd been in the house less than 10 minutes. See, I mean, that uh, live and let live, surely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All oh, right, Wings. Yes. <laughs> What's it? Can I just mention, by the way, because it's, I know that the Winter Olympics, the Winter Paralympics are just starting, but I watched the uh, Winter Olympics when I had the COVID. It was my constant companion. And to me, the, the most entertaining thing I don't watch uh, Dancing on Ice I've never seen that Oh, but I know Torville and Dean are on it mm. and Torville and Dean were interviewed obviously during the ice dancing thing and this is kind of how it went so um, <laughs> Claire Baldwin would say so Jane uh, what did you think about that well, I thought the music... I- yes, you see, the thing is, um, <laughs> the problem with this competition has become just a jumping competition. And that happened, like, ten times in every interview. I don't think he's ever forgiven her for the billing. Oh, oh right. And she had this... He would do it. He'd jump in on her. And Jane had this sort of serene looking into the mid-distance expression of someone who's been interrupted since the 1970s <laughs> every time she tried to say something about ice skating or whatever, ice dancing. Oh, man. It was, it, oh, it was, it was excruciating, but absolutely gripping at the same time. I couldn't, I couldn't leave it alone. Oh, fine. Did you enjoy it, Jane? Yes, I said, no, no, but the idea... <laughs> What is it with these deans and their constant interrupting? Ah, it's a good question. <laughs> you see, I interrupt more than I used to, but that's because you get to an age where the the brain ceases to become a house and becomes a tunnel. Mm. So the thoughts right. are just passing through. If you don't stop them, they've gone. <laughs> right. So maybe Dino is, uh, maybe that's where he is at the moment. But all he ever says mm. is that it's become a jumping competition. So he's not going to forget it. He could just have, he could have that written down on a notepad on the desk. <laughs> JC, exclamation mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I enjoyed it. Anyway, it was, uh, it was tremendous stuff. Oh, dear. I, but you see, the thing is, I quite... I don't mind an interruption. I think it's a conversation. I don't know. Otherwise, what are you doing? Sitting at a train station going, morning, No, morning. but you could see the interviewer would say, so, Jane, cause thinking <laughs> oh, in their ear, someone saying, "Let can Jane get Jane to say something? This just looks embarrassing. So, Jane, what do you think? And, and you could see he was, he was ready. He was like a dog. You know, when you get, when they hear the, um, the meat come out the fridge. <laughs> The dog's oh, yeah. ready. It's just ready. Like just break the shoulders are going. It's all ready for it. That's what Dino was like. Yes, you start it with Jane, but it ends with me. <laughs> oh man, it was. Um, I'd like to have watched. I'd like to watch a sort of a montage of it over Ravel's Bolero <laughs> with his interruptions, and at the end, it's just Jane lying on the floor instead of the pair of them, and him triumphant. <laughs> Oh, man. Poor Jane. I like at the end of the interview, she just takes cotton wool out of her ears. <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on 8.12.15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Two twos are four, three twos are six. You've got a bit of laughter in your voice. I like that. You know why? I'm just happy Mm. to be back. Oh, I'm happy too. Thank you. That's nice. We missed you, you old devil. Uh, Martin Sullivan. Morning all. Regarding bins... Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Uh... I have one general rubbish. Right. I'll add in, are you making a note of this? One general mm-hmm. rubbish. Yeah. One garden. Mm. One mm-hmm. normal size. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'll say that again. One normal size recycling. Right. Uh-huh. Plus three slim, close quotes, 
recycling. I'm assuming Ooh. this would induce apoplexy in says neighbour. Slim recycling. <laughs> Is that for um, non-plastic spaghetti wrappers? Well, I think yeah, three yeah. Slim, slim recycling is a lovely follow-up for you and David Baddiel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> three Slim recycling. <laughs> Sorry if that's annoying. <laughs> yes. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> with you, I was toying. Oh, oh. This is, you know, still a work in progress. I'm not going to tell you what the producer's face looked like then. She, she scrunched <laughs> up her eyebrows, but it's nice to know. She, you. she probably hasn't heard the original. <laughs> That's why she doesn't know what's going on. What was the second one you did? There was another one, oh, wasn't God. there? Oh, God. Yeah, we did. Uh, I'd say, oh, God. Well, I, I really I wish we'd just done the first one. But, you know, it went to number one, the second one. And then we did a like an orchestral version with Trevor Horn. Oh. Yeah. Um, Ian Wood. So you're you now need... rewriting your rewriting on the, on the show now. <laughs> hmm? No. Ian Wright. Yeah, Ian Wood. Do you Ian know Wood. Ian Wood? <laughs> no, but. Thanks for the tip. Ian Wood, you need to speak to Dave Berry about your bin situation. And get well, one... he knows all there is to know about the crying game. <laughs> oh, that's the wrong day, Perry. <laughs> and get one of the mm-hmm. breakfast show bin wraps. What is that? Oh, do they have bin wraps for the breakfast show? Yeah, but that's a bit boastful, Frank. What is it? Oh, it actually goes on the bin. Yeah. Oh, man. I walked in today, and I didn't walk in, that's a lie. I walked to the car and then from it. But I, I realised that my tote bag is an absolute radio tote bag and I felt a little bit like I was wearing my own merch. <laughs> right. That's a, that, I think that's a good thing, though. That shows you're a company man. That's, I know, that's a positive. It, you know, it's like, just in case you didn't recognise me, it's, here's a hint. <laughs> oh, and I'm wearing an England shirt. Mm. As well. <laughs> Have you got when you're doing Chris that? Skinner on the back. Exactly. Skinner number nine. And Ooh. when he was doing the, I call it the, the loaded years, mm. when you did the um the, the raised fist. Oh, yeah. You had to fist. then on these loud mags. They had no choice. Mm. Louise Grant, loving the bin chat, a subject with such mm. mileage for comedy and gittishness. Oh, well. <laughs> yes. But I don't want to, I don't think I was the one who was. Uh, Anyway. No, gits never do. No. Well, I'm hoping, I'm hoping to... Uh, No-one's ever mentioned it in the ten years we've lived there, whatever it is. Not that... It's not ten years, it's eight. Mm. You know. I didn't even know there was a bin count thing. That's, that's a new one on me. That the bins mm. are the bins. Well, as I say, I think, look, I think people are increasingly less tolerant for signs of life. Essentially, yeah, you know, not living in antiseptic chambers. Come on, uh, we, can I just say, John Hopkins sent us a lovely. He's done a mock-up, and he, as he says, half the work's done for you already. It's a photograph. It's uh, saying the charity for misused apes, endorsed by the Frank Skinner show. <laughs> okay, <laughs> which he's even given it a charity number. What if Please we don't start dono- donate money? Yeah, don't start sending us. I mean, who do we give it to? We could buy some perfume for the zoo. Do you remember I went to the zoo and we had to put perfume on things for the, uh, what was it, stoats or something? (laughs) Stoats, is that right? Is there such a thing as a stoat? Yes, there's a stoat. You know, sometimes you say something and think, (laughs) have I just coined that? Is a stoat (laughs) in the ferret family? I think I think of it as very Victorian. Oh, yeah, that's a hospital pass, isn't it? <laughs> I can't believe you've asked me that live on air just to show up my ignorance. Where does the weasel fit into this? Mm. Oh, I can see them all writhing in and out of each other like the head of a gorgon. Uh-huh. But I don't well, know. The weasel went pop, didn't he? Yeah, that, that oh. went, yeah. Oh. I think yeah, that was that was the microwave uh, in too much Coca Cola. <laughs> all right, <laughs> Frank Skinner. I mean, I've heard some suggestions, but right. Ruth Jordan, who, can I say, is fast becoming one of my favourites. She's, she's certainly in, on the po- features on the podium somewhere okay. currently. Just because she's managed to combine a number of current themes. Right. Rebins. Maybe Frank could offer to get rid of all of his bins 
and put all his rubbish in the neighbour's bin, then he should go to the museum and borrow the Tipton Slasher's monkey and leave it in her bin with just an arm hanging out. (laughs) (laughs) It's good thinking. Yeah. I mean, I think seeing the photograph would be enough. I don't think that the the Black Country Living Museum would loan out the Tipton Slasher's monkey. No, not for a prank. No, not for a prank. It would have to be for something special. It would have to be an exhibition. Yeah. Well, what I'm else a, would you want it for? I'm wedding? thinking we've teased it so much, I might get a live show out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I could borrow it for that for the grand. On it's just a very Victorian thing, isn't it? The unveiling of a stuffed ape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'd like to uh, sashay us onto something that happened previously. Uh, usually, when we do previously on this show, it's some something that you know we've talked about three weeks or three months ago. Uh, but Ben Harrington has messaged on the uh, show Instagram, and it's actually about um, a project that you did previously. Mm-hmm. He says, Loved your documentary on Ali, very interesting. I noticed when you drive, you have extremely straight arms, exclamation mark. And then it says, discuss. I'd, I'd like to discuss this a lot. I think um, it's to Are you do. a straight arms driver, Frank? I'd, I. You know, someone said to me uh, once, I hadn't been driving that long, but they said, You're, I saw you in your go past in your car, you were very upright indeed. Mm. I don't know if it's uh, maybe I'm bracing myself. This was, um, I don't totally trust the old airbag revolution. Maybe I'm right. just braced. I've got the brace, the locked shoulders, you know. You are one of those people that still drives exactly as you were instructed. Rather I, you than know what? Like like so Frank, approach. Is there it are, like Frankenstein's monster? There, there are some. Tell. I think there are some things that I absolutely remember. My exact. I hear his voice in my ear, saying things like, "And remember, when you're not on the motorway, you're not on the motorway." Oh, stuff like, like that. that. See, you know, but some people, when they come off the motorway, they still drive quite fast for a while and then uh-huh. they get used to the A road thing. Mm, yeah. That's good. I like it because it's got a sort of a twinge of existentialness to it. Yeah. Like if you're not on the motorway, you're not on the motorway. Yeah, it's, a good, yeah, it's good repetition. Sensei. Yeah, I, li- I do like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I mean, um, a friend, um, an old school friend, teased me about my driving. And said I drove like a an old age pensioner. Mm. Mm. And, um, and I said to him, I thought if he's teasing me, that gives me license. So I said, remember, I've got a lot more to lose than you have. Oh, and he right. took it. That's really bad. He took it really. He didn't take it well. And yeah. I thought that's 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 give and take, isn't it? Bants. Yeah. Yeah. When you say give and take, that, that's quite a punch. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, I mean, <laughs> he did bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. I'd he say basically that... criticised your driving and you criticised his life. That's well, the, <laughs> the whole nature of, of banter for Very me well is out. the whole nature is escalation. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed. Well, you really ramped that up, didn't you? Yeah, you don't want to go down one, dear, if they've gone up no. to. I mean, saying I drive, some men, I mean, I think. Um, in my experience, some men are very men. I'm, I think it's particularly men very touchy about criticism of their driving. Mm. So you know, you could say he was on an equal plateau <laughs> with mine in in some context. For me, obviously, yeah. I'm very open about the fact that as you know, I've spoken about the difficulty of parking. Mm. Yeah, you're not very good at that. No, I think you know, driving is, is great. I mean, I don't know. Being brilliant at driving, what does that even mean? It's a bit cigar smoker of the year. It is a bit, it? yeah. What are you good at? Driving? Yeah, I mean, no, no, no. I mean, you know, I can get around without hitting anything most of the time, and that's uh, that's good enough for me. Mm. But some men in particular very touchy <laughs> about it. You know, when you say, like, suggest someone that, you know, learn to drive, mate, through your, you know, open window. See, they're really You're not a backseat driver, though. Can I tell you who is? Who? I don't know if I should. Okay, well, we'll give you time to think (laughs) it over. we'll discuss it off air. Who is a backseat driver? It's someone we both know. We'll discuss it off air. Sounds like David Baddiel. You're right. Mm, I'm guessing. No, but David Baddiel, <laughs> to be fair, is very good on direction, so that is... No, I had a massive... When we drove to Robbie Williams, we had one of the worst fights we've ever had. 
Okay. That's, I think we can't top that sentence. <laughs> So yes, we were we were talking about things that have uh, previously been uh, on the show that people have had all the thoughts about. I like that because some people listen to it on podcasts, for example, and then they can't yeah. put in their two penneth or is it a penneth? Mm. However much they've got and whatever they can spare. Well, three seven six says we're talking about parking and driving in general. Mm. Hi, Frank. My husband always gets out of the car with his <coughs> arms outstretched in exasperation by my parking. Well, no. Oh. Man. I... <laughs> <laughs> so male. Uh, oh, we now know what pop goes the weasel refers to as well. Okay. 692 has enlightened us. You're looking worried, don't worry. I've checked it. It's no, fine. I'm, I'm, I've always assumed it's just about the cost of living. Well, you're not incorrect. However, it's slightly more specific. The nursery rhyme Pop Goes the Weasel refers to Cockney rhyming slang, weasel and stoat, which stood for coat. Uh, oh. there, there goes the... Pop Goes the Coat. <laughs> the pop element of yes. the nursery rhyme refers to selling your best coat at a pawnbroker's. Pop Goes Your oh. Weasel. Uh, and selling your coat. So it's about the cost of living. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you remember the Anthony Newley version? Anthony Newley, the um, popular singer of the early 60s. Was very... he married to Joan Collins? He was, oh. and, and had quite a big influence on early David Bowie. Mm. David Bowie's mm -hmm. first albums were basically Anthony Newley tribute album. Anyway... He sang in a very sort of English fashion, and he did a version of Pop Goes the Weasel. Um... Which had a, began with a sort of a half a pound of tuppany rice, half a pound of treacle. But by the, in the by they got to the middle bit, it was a why did the weasel go pop, go pop, pop goes the weasel. Why did the weasel go pop? Because oh. they, they changed the price of tuppany rice to four pence. And, oh. and it was all, it was very 60s. Oh. Interesting bloke, though. Mm. Anthony Newley there. <laughs> Showcased on Absolute Radio. Did he do a musical called Stop the World I Want to Get Off? I believe he did, yeah. yeah. But he always sang in that sort of distinctive English voice, which yes. is very, still very unusual. Yes, the 80s well, music voice. Sorry, Al. 526 has given us a different um, differentiation between a weasel and a stoat, which is what you asked originally. Um, what's the difference between a weasel and a stoat? A weasel is weaselly recognised, while a stoat is stoatly different. I have <laughs> to say, uh, I haven't heard oh. that since I was seven. That's oh. Matt in Elsenham. I've not heard it ever. Yes, it, it used to be. Broadcast. It used to be like seen as the very height of wordplay in the 1960s. <laughs> that that did. I liked it. But what was the other well, creature? Another reason I'm glad I wasn't around the in the 1960s. The <laughs> I mean, really? That was the bar? Yeah, people would... It would be like, um, I wish I'd said that. You will, Oscar. You will. It was honestly... It was like a fabulous bon mot. <laughs> uh, we've also had a top tip, a recommendation. Uh, 245 has said, Frank, you should visit the British Wildlife Centre at Lingfield, Surrey... It has examples of stoats, weasels, ferrets, polecats, pine martins, probably a mink, all your familial skinny little rodent needs covered, plus loads more, wildcats, badgers, etc. Really nice day out. What about misused L apes? Let me guess where this person works. <laughs> <laughs> they don't add that, but I think we can infer. I'm, I'm guessing. Jane has messaged us to say, Frank, I think your new neighbours might be the same people who moved next door to me. Oh. We're getting that this seems to be quite a common thing, Frank. I didn't realise bins were so controversial. I think people worry about, you know... The exterior appearance of the house. I think these things matter to people. Um, mm. As similar strange discussion was had and a suggestion of a bin store was given, they cost £300. A bin store? Mm. What does that mean? Um, I've got what it's sort of covered. <laughs> yeah, but a store. 
Well, I'm going to open <laughs> some sort of cubicle, on-road yeah. cubicle. Not some sort of two Ronnie's Do you mean shop. a little house for them? Yeah. Yeah, bin store. As Al says, pretty much as it sounds. <laughs> well, store, it sounded to me like there's somebody selling them. It's sort of a covered oh, area. Right. OK. I, had, well, I have a bin store. I think there's too much of that in life, things being the dirty side of life being hidden away. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, let's get it on. Let's just be open about who we are. I love mm-hmm. what you've done with that. Lovely little spin. Listen, uh, speaking of little spins, um, Al was uh, enjoying the idea that I drive straight armed. <laughs> <laughs> that does make me laugh. Um, it I, is funny. Well, I should to... say that I don't think you're tall enough to and, and uh, to create my loathing. I hate people that drive with the seat so far back that they're practically sat in the back of the car. Yes. Oh, I don't Ill. like those people. No, I need... It's almost loose. Ow, it's so loose. I cannot bear... You know what? There's people yeah. who drive like that are the same people that... Uh, you know what I'm going to say? The arm around the passenger seat when they're mm. reversing. Oh, um, Yeah. Now, I need to be able to reach the Doctor Who CDs in my glove compartment. <laughs> so I can't Stop, go. Stop, this is too arousing. I can't go. <laughs> anyway, look, I went to um, the, uh, the O2 centre and they very kindly gave me um, a VIP parking. Nice. So I should have had, it was a mix-up, it should have been valet... I got valet on the way out. But anyway, on the way in, this woman in a high-vis coat said, uh, right, can you drive into the uh, space? <laughs> so I said, OK. So I, I thought I'll reverse in because... Uh-oh. When um. I reverse into, into a parking space, I feel, as I walk away from it, I think, oh, all the hard work is done now. Mm. When I get in, I've just got to go forward, and I I love that. I've done all the hard yakka, as they say in Australia. <laughs> so I reversed in, and then there was a sudden there was a <laughs> on the back of the car, and um, and I said, well, she was right standing behind um, where I was reversing in. So I put the brakes on. I said, yeah. uh, sorry about that. And she said, that is exactly why I said... Um, <laughs> That's why we say driving rather than reversing. And I thought, I've never heard that distinction before, that dri- yeah. reversing isn't driving. Mm. It's all driving to a general catch-all. Anyway, she was too ashen-faced for me to argue. Did you, did you hit any other vehicle? I didn't hit anything. I just nearly hit the lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. That's all that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Absolute radio. I am um, so yes. Yeah, so so I, I I parked at the O2 and it was I was all right. I didn't. Um, Congratulations. Didn't hit anyone. I reversed in. Driving. Yeah. Um, you now, going have you just... ever heard that distinction, Al? Between I I hate to play devil's advocate, which I think we all know. Whenever someone says I'm playing devil's advocate here, they mean I'm being a bit of a git. Um, I, I I think I make that distinction in my head between driving and reversing. So when I start rever- reversing in my car, I am no longer driving. No, but if you're... I mean, you're still driving, obviously, but if oh, you're well, parking and someone says, oh, can you reverse into that, they mean as opposed to driving forwards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but they didn't. No, they she said, said driving. can you drive in? Yeah, I, I get it. Anyway, so Mark I was... Nixon, oh, yeah. I used to work for a company that insisted that all cars were reversed parked into the car park, so I would drive in to be a rebel. So he makes the distinction, though, drive yeah. in reverse. Mm. Yep. I've been living a lie. <laughs> I had I no d- idea. Also, I didn't realise that, you know, in the uh, petrol station... You're not allowed, because I've done that. I've sometimes done a little cheeky three-point turn if my car's facing the wrong way oh so that I'm pump side. Oh, yeah. I had a man tell me off once. Well, why is it? You can only go forward, yeah, you know? Yeah, you're not allowed. I didn't know that, Frank. I mean, every day is a school day. <laughs> I've told you before of the time I was on the phone on the forecourt and a man oh, ran out. That. 
in case I blew the place up with my phone. Yeah, they get mad about that. Yeah, you know, they spark. I hate it when your phone really sparks, your spark phone. <laughs> my spark phone, I call it. <laughs> Never seen it. So you were going to the O2. Were you seeing my lovely... Uh... Ree Stevenson. Well, I was I was going to see Strictly Live, is what I was um, going to see. Which um, me and uh, my family we watched the last series of Strictly. Um, I like the Queen. Uh, me and yeah. my family. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, and so it was nice for Buzz to see all the guys in the flesh. Not all of them, but um, there was a thing. It was great. And the thing, you know, obviously the dancers are all amazing, and Boz does love Reese. How was my boy Reese? Did he perform? He was did he deliver? Yeah, he was. You got to vote. The audience actually got to vote with their phones to see if oh. we could change the original result. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. Wow. But um, we didn't. Uh, we did vote, but nothing could nothing could could Is stop. It Rose still? Yeah, nothing could stop Rose. He's unstoppable. Um, but there was something that happened, which I'm, I think I'll tell you about after this. It was an interesting, I would call it a physical um, revelation. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Yes, I was talking about my trip to the O2 to see Strictly Live. Now, the um, most of the main dancers were there, who you'd want to see. Mm. Um, no Oti Mabusi, but I think she's already... Um, Departed. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the get the judges were Shirley Ballas, Craig Revel Horwood, and Bruno Tognoli. Return, what? return of the Mac. Yeah. So Bruno Tognoli hasn't been on it for how long? Two, three seasons, maybe. Mm. And I don't know if if you ever watched Strictly, but they've got more technical. There used to be a lot of nonsense talked on it. A lot of embarrassing VTs, which was just squirm making. Um, below mediocre comedy, and Ooh. now late <laughs> <laughs> review. Yeah, but now they've moved on, and now they talk about dancing in quite. A te- they're they're unashamed about their knowledge and love of dance. It's much much better. So yes, yeah, I know what Frank means. If there was, a, they'd go to a sort of Spanish bar to sample the cuisine or cook yeah. in the kitchen. It was, it was exactly. very silly. And, and Bruno was of that period of yeah. the show, and. Um, <laughs> It was so so Horse so when I didn't think there was a the shoulder movement was very and all that kind of stuff and Shirley said well no, no I don't agree with you Craig because I think you move beautifully you use the whole floor and then Bruno would stand up <laughs> and say you are so hot and so sensual you're like an animal <laughs> and I can't remember the last time anyone I was, said that to you no that I was <laughs> so profoundly embarrassed. <laughs> Oh wow! It was an it was a level of embarrassment. It was a physical experience. It was like getting a sort of shoulder <laughs> massage, but from the inside. <laughs> and I got to the point where, when they went to the judges, I could feel the anticipation of it in my inner being. And he would get up again, oh, so the way you move, you're like a tiger. And I would feel it again, this, oh, this awful, awful but strangely addictive um, feeling of acute embarrassment, like, I mean, on his behalf. Um, and I think it's probably the best cardiovascular I've had for probably 18 months. How, how did do you feel it Even was going- talking about it, you know, I can feel it. It's come back to me. It's an emotional memory. Is it quite triggering? Oh, man. You are so hot. Oh, 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 I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I'm so embarrassed for you. It wasn't even for me. I suppose I was pleased at my own selflessness that I felt it for, for a fellow human being. Yeah, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. How do you feel it was going down in the in the room, as it were, in the arena? I, I doubt if anyone um, was as self-analytical as myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, I, I think some people probably thought this is a lovely walk mm. down um, embarrassment memory lane. <laughs> um, but no, I, someone should have said, oh, we don't do that anymore. But the other two right. judges were probably thinking, let Bruno carry on with his, uh, with his 2020 uh, stuff. 
and then we'll do the technical and look like really clever. It's 2020. He's um, <laughs> the most damning thing I've ever. He's gone that wasn't totally. Wasn't a great on lots of lots yeah, of criteria. Exactly. <laughs> He's done the Tom Jones as well. You know, occasionally uh, Paul McCartney did this as well. They suddenly stopped dying their hair. Oh my God! He's done that, which oh, I think he? that's a good move. Yes. But he shouldn't have. Uh, so is it is it white the hair? It is white. Yeah. Is but if I, if I was him, I would have kept the hair dye and got rid of the embarrassment. <laughs> if I had to choose, but he must have been a point where shall I stay embarrassing or shall I stay um, brunette? And he thought, no, I'll stay embarrassing and just let myself go. And I think that was the wrong decision, looking back. on Absolute Radio. Four, six, five. I think Frank is right. That'll do. Oh. Next. <laughs> <laughs> That's the trailer sorted for this week's show. That's the next autobiography sorted. Uh, she <laughs> should have said drive in forward or drive straight in. The responsibility yeah. for communication lies with the communicator, as Frank well knows. The parking attendant mm. may have been subjected to the creeping influence of US culture, a drive-in movie theatres, no doubt. An American! Yes. <laughs> but for me, drive... I'm going to say it one more time. It is the over overall thing of controlling a moving car that to me is driving mm. mm-hmm. um, so reversing you are still controlling a moving car so mm. you are still driving and so driving is a catch all reverse if she just said drive forward I would have driven forward no problem okay right well I'm glad you set her straight by driving straight into her <laughs> well, who stands behind a reversing car as well parking attendant that's a good text in who stands yeah. behind a reversing car you do get I notice when I'm reversing you do see people just stroll across the road with boggies and yeah. all sorts behind you, you think, I always you feel that about? they've overestimated people's general ability with keeping the biting point you know oh yeah when uh, oh, wow, some I people roll back when they're setting off don't they and some people can't be bothered to even look in the rear view mirror you see can I just say that's another uh, Americanism valet is he valet I believe the original is valet is it I think so valet parking I think Jeeves and Worcester he would have been a valet but I think that's I don't know but I say valet as well Frank it meant, when I got the valet park, it meant I walked out of the O2 and my car was right by the door. I mean, there was people all around my car. It's like being the Beatles. Right. Yeah, it was just, they just left it there for me. Like George Harrison parking outside the Apple in Get Back. That's it. it was, yeah, exactly. It was like the 60s where you parked outside the place you wanted to go. Those far off days. Yeah. Anyway, that was a bit of my life. We've had someone else saying you're living rent-free. You are living rent-free in their head, haven't we, Al? It's actually 005, um, which uh, makes them sound quite sort of... A colleague. spying, yeah. Yeah. Morning, friends. Have you heard of the saying, lives rent-free in your head? It's when a memory-slash-story-slash-song, etc., is just stored in your head and pops up every so often, making you laugh-slash-shudder-slash-cry. I haven't Um, heard that. Mm. I think it's actually a Donald Trumpism because he used to live rent free in his opponents' heads. People said online. Um, okay. I still miss well, him. Well, it's also something. Anyway. May I say? <laughs> I still miss him. Not something <laughs> you often hear on commercial radio. Voice of controversy there on Absolute Radio. Um, <laughs> it's a good saying, though. I like the saying. Well, like, they use it. Um, I'll be honest. Therapists use it a lot. They say oh. you don't oh, allow do that they? person. Yeah, they'll say, Emily, don't let them live rent free in your head. Okay. Oversharing right. here this morning. Well, they have a rent-free in the head story of Frank misunderstanding the family changing room of the swimming baths. <laughs> oh yes, and going in uninvited with shocked other man and child. It pops up at least once a month and still makes me laugh. Even typing it now is making me giggle. Have a fabulous Saturday. That's a nice message, isn't it? That's know. when the man says to me, "They're very cramped, these, aren't they?" That was his wife. Instead of just telling me, hey, do you know it's supposed to be one family per thing? He just says, very crap. I said, they are. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, that's mine, actually. Yeah, it was... Um, 
that was. The thing is, if you remember, when I told the story on the radio, it was <laughs> this bloke. It was really like you know, strange mood. I, and and then we had like about eighty texts saying you're not supposed <laughs> to go in him. <laughs> More than one family. It was a great um, revelation what for Frank me. Frank Skinner story lives rent free in your head. I've got one. <laughs> Have you? A twelve fifteen. Okay. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Can I just say? We've been absolutely inundated. We don't have time to read them all out, but thank you so much for all your contributions to the text in When Did Frank Skinner Live Rent-Free in Your Head? What was that a text in? I didn't even... It's <laughs> Turns been, out it is. It, it's um, the people have spoken texting. People have spoken mm-hmm. drunk. Basil Brush is coming on This Is Your Life is coming up a lot. And oh, you're yeah. no taunting Omo Sharif. Yeah, well, drunk, drunk Basil Brush <laughs> went like this. Oh, Mr. Frank, Mr. Frank, I wonder what... <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like drowning Basil Brosh sound. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Also, uh, um, I mean, there's various, various... We won't, we won't read them out because it feels a bit like reading praise if we read out, like, when Frank has been funny and they've remembered it's it. It's very right? nice that people remember it, though. It is very nice. Um, Unless, of course, uh, I'm re-ashing it at a charity gig. <laughs> well, it turns out you're an e- I mean, I've always thought of you as something of a Nicholas Van Hoogstraten of the landlord community. Al, you know who he, he yes, was. Yes, he is. He's, uh, I think he's... He's not the bloke who put dead bodies on shows. <laughs> he's a notorious no. la- landlord. Oh, OK. <laughs> I thought... not, not for good reasons, <laughs> no. not like a benevolent one. More who like was the guy who had um, the dead bodies exhibition? Wasn't he called oh, something um, like that? Doctor, yeah. something. I got my picture taken with my arm around him, and he really, mm. you know, it's that almost hat. like there's a theme here for Hank. He always life. wore that <laughs> self-styled, colourful um, mortician. Yes, I am. Um, I, I'd like to discuss a news story that I uh, I don't understand this week. Uh, Robert Pattinson. I think it's quite difficult to say his name. You know the the. TV and film star. I think everyone wants to say Patterson, don't they? Mm. Um, I think people call him R. Pats, don't they? He doesn't they? like that. He Do told they? me when I met him. Mm. I didn't take oh, me long, dear. did it? What did he say? To say I'm a... He just said, I find it a bit... I said, well, how do you feel about being called that? He said, I find it a bit random. He said, oh, it's hardly a term of endearment. I just think it's... I don't like it. It's it would that. be a term of endearment if it was a Scouse guy talking about his sister, Patsy. Yeah. Ah, mm. Pats. But also, it's not random in that it's his first initial and the first syllable of his surname. Mm. Yeah. If, he, if be... people called him JPEG... Yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be Persian random. rug, like just anything. Yeah, like I think he's got random mixed up with abbreviation. Yeah. Anyway, he's been in the news this week because is he nice? Uh, he's, um, um, do you know? Sorry, sorry. Oh, I just want to establish. He is. He's charming. Is he really? Uh-oh. He's someone I described him. He's not. You know, when you meet a movie idol or a sort of big screen idol no. like that. Well. Oh, come on. I've met a few, but... You haven't. You sort of expect them to have that confidence and entitlement, but he seemed... I I described him as uncomfortable with his aesthetic lottery win. Oh. Okay. Charming, though. Good, that's good. Bobby Dupee. That's (laughs) what he was known as. Bobby Dupee used to be in a band when he was a kid. (laughs) And that was his stage name. I'm not joking. Anyway... (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, carry on, Al. When you say you're not joking, are you joking? Are no. You? He was in, as a child, he was a front man in a band. I can't mm. remember what they were called. Something like Bad Girls. And his he stage name was Bobby Dupee. Oh, right. A bit random. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. So we're talking about our pats. Oh, he's not going to like him. Bobby Dupree. He's made the news as old uh, Bobby Dupree. And and I don't understand (laughs) why, to be honest. You see, you are the one person on the team who I thought I could rely on to understand and explain this story to me. He's apparently been training to get fit to play Batman and one of the things that he's used was (laughs) counting sips of water. Mm -hmm. Um... 
And I don't get it. I don't understand why that would have any contribution. I mean, I could do that now because I barely drink water. It's boring, isn't it? Like, I, I have tea, I coffee, th- sometimes you, I You have... sound like my um, actress mother who used to say, I loathe water. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, very occasionally I'll have a bottle of water at the side of the mats or something. I mean, not very occasionally. I take water with me to, to grappling lessons, but I wouldn't... I wouldn't take water with me anywhere other than that, really. Well, he, Why? he is what I think it is about, as far as I can understand. Um, OK, tell me. I'm basing this partly on my own naked modelling career. Oh, yeah. Which was one shoot I did with David Baddiel for um, PETA. You know that organisation? Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. I think they're... Um, they're, they're, they're a sister association to the Misuse Ape <laughs> charity. Right. And anyway, someone said to me, um, what you should take is, um, I'm not going to use the F word. I don't mean the bad F word. There's one that's less bad, but I just don't like it. Mm. Um, there are pills you can make that make, that make you um, release wind. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. And you take them before a shoot is the idea, so that your stomach, you, re- you completely, oh. and your stomach flattens. You've got to as time much as it, it can. Well, yeah, you've got to time it well. Mm-hmm. And you don't the, want that moment caught on film, do you? No, and I think with um, the bodybuilders, just before a show, you've got to have exactly the right amount of water for intracellular expansion, but no extracellular. So oh, wow. your muscles look defined, but you don't start to look sort of a bit squidgy. So what he's talking about is really studying exactly. And he's talking about just before you go on to do the no shirt thing, you um, you have it to get it look you as good as possible. You all know this from your Venger uh, Boys work, obviously. Yes, <laughs> but did you plan for that? Did you? I I, uh, I did some gymnasium work. But oh, um, so my cute. when I work out, I move. You know. I don't do much. I haven't done much working out in my life, apart from you know dart scores. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and I don't look good. I look like the Mahatma. I just get very thin. Is what happens. <laughs> Gandhi's not a bad person to look like. Oh, the other one. No, that one, uh, Gandhi. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so um, yeah, I, so I look like that on stage. But I remember someone asked me if I worked out during um, my um, when I did a. a some nudity in the West End. What a night that was. Can I just can <laughs> clarify that Frank was in the play called Art? Because that you weren't No, I was Raymond's in the play review. called uh, Cooking with Elvis, oh, which involved, Elvis. Um, involved a lot of bare bombery. And a tortoise. Oh. So I think it's about that really... The, uh, what's disappointing for me about this, and I, I, I had a feeling I'd spoke to you on the show about this before, is when he got the role of Batman, he said, oh, I'm not going to be one of these guys who's sort of, you know, in the gym every day. Again. I don't believe in yeah. any of that. I remember he said James Dean, he didn't look ripped, but people still thought he looked great. Uh, yeah. And he said, if you work out all the time, you're part of the problem. And now it turns out... He cr- he's he, crumbled. He did three months' worth and he mm. counted his sips. You know what the secret was, Al? No. The, the Bosu no. ball. <laughs> Do you know the Bosu? Do you know the Bosu? Is that, yeah. a, thing, is that a thing yeah, you yeah. might um, yeah, imply? Yeah, the Bosu ball. Apparently that was, that was the secret. I don't know what no. it is and I, I don't d- like it. I don't know what it is, but apparently he was given a Bosu by the trainer and said this will turn it oh, around. I really you. don't like the sound of this. Go to the music. No. OK, I will. <laughs> Look, here's, here's my question about the whole Robert Pat. The whole thing now, as I've said before, about people get their Oscars in the gym, not in the rehearsal room. Mm. And this is my question. Mm-hmm. I think that I could play Superman next week. <laughs> and I'm telling yeah. you why. Because in the Captain America movie... Have you seen the first Captain America movie? Of course I haven't. Chris Evans plays part of the film as a little scrawny little bloke with a build like me, which they do with CGI and a body double to make him look scrawny so that when he gets the uh, injection, he becomes this great, like the real Chris Evans, the muscular thing. Because he's quite shredded, Evans. 
Yeah, so why can't they just reverse that and do all this yeah. stuff CGI? And yeah. body double. You make what? a good point. Well, it, it's, it's what it's like. It's like these people that go and spend two years learning the knowledge, driving round London on a little moped with a <laughs> with a, a, a map on the front. Right. Yeah. And then when they can just get a sat-nav. As someone who mm-hmm. loves you dearly, yes. I have to tell you as a friend, dropping hints on the radio no. that you'd like a part in Doctor Who is one thing. I know that worked. Mm-hmm. But campaigning for the role of Superman... I, I'm saying, why, yeah. go, why put yourself through all, all the, um, the, the, Bolu, the BOSU work mm-hmm. when you can just do his CGI? That's what I realise now about ten about ten years ago when you were talking about how much you liked capes that it was the beginning of this campaign. <laughs> Look, I don't think I'm right for Superman. I'll be straight with you. I can't get that, that curl to hold so at the front. Modest. <laughs> I don't think I'm right for Superman. Of all the things it's a real you've cream said. Issue. But I'd say you pick the best actor and then you alter the body CGI wise. Not that. Not you pick yeah. an actor and then make them suffer and suffer for months. Okay, that's um, my they plan. They call it the Batman, which worries me a bit. No, because the Batman was the in the original comic. He was called the Batman, so they've reverted mm-hmm. to the. Yeah, original. but doesn't it sound a bit like a middle-aged person, well, like us, essentially saying, "Is this the Stormzy?" I think in the yeah. dark, the Dark Knight movies. I think towards the end they started calling him the Batman in those. That's they nice never say the Superman. You're such a phone a friend when it comes to superheroes. Uh, he said a great quote. He said, normally, our oh, Pats, he said, if I'm offered anything with a physical edge, I run a mile. And I thought, it's good to know. Got your exercises worked out. <laughs> Look, so I've got to say today before I go, I know it's a, a show, a light-hearted show, but I was astounded at how upset I was yesterday by the death of a man who's caused me so much misery and frustration over the years, and that's Shane Warne. Um, because he has obviously destroyed England on several occasions. Because if you don't know anything about cricket, just trust me on this, he was without doubt the best cricketer I ever saw. His complete presence at the ground, everything, his his actions, everything about him was about winning and, and being a brilliant cricketer. And he will be... I'm really glad he's having the state funeral. That is the best news of the day. Anyway... Uh, thanks for listening to us this morning. Thanks for the rent-free-in-your-head memories. I had no idea people remembered all this rubbish that comes out, but thank you for that. Maybe we'll put them into a chat book. So um, I have to find out what it is first. OK, so look, um, thank you for listening. If the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. I'm going to see uh, Revelation of the Daleks now. and um, I'm not. No, you're not. (laughs) Now get out. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.